The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms, we're talking dairy, we're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable, and what does it mean when they're using pesticides, and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. What time is it? Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here to talk about all the fun food things. And and uh, I thought about you yesterday yeah. in the funniest way because okay. my husband had surgery. And so I was at a hospital for most of the day. And at some point I was like, oh, I got to eat something. So I go to the cafeteria. <laughs> what do you think I ate? What would I eat in the cafeteria? Oh, like not a vending machine, though. No. Not Cheetos. No, it was a cafeteria. Did you just eat mashed potatoes? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> they had, you know, a salad bar, a grill, like sushi, all this stuff. And what do I eat? Lobster bisque. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who eats lobster bisque in at a, a hospital. cafeteria hospital? You're right. I, I would do. not have cho- chosen that. It was good. There but- was a lot of lobster. I missed the lobster bisque in Iceland because they use langoustines instead of lobster. Yum. And those are better in my mind, a lot better than lobster. And I missed it because we kept going, oh, we'll grab it tomorrow. And then we'd miss it. Oh, I, missed I ate it. lobster bisque every day in Disney. Oh, yeah. Just, I don't know I why, but I it. did. Hey, we do have Heidi on the line and she has a question sure. or a comment. Heidi, what what's up? Hey, ladies. Hey, Hi, Heidi. If you've heard any rumblings about if Zalo is going to reopen and if so, when? No. Zalo, I the web they, friends. They did reopen. Did they not? Have they not reopened at all no, since the closure? I don't think so. When I drive by there early in the mornings, I'm downtown. I see it, it's like there's nothing on the shelves. It's oh, bad. then it's going to stay closed, I bet. I like that That's place. interesting because they remember they did a renovation not yeah. too long before the shutdown. And so they had kind of like this whole like new yeah. vibe going. Huh. Yeah. You know what, yeah. I, Heidi, I will dig into that and I will find out. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Okay. And I think the bummer about it is, is like, 
the, I love the place. I always love the place, but it was the, the servers that were so great too. So hopefully they come back with them too. Cause if not, then it's going to be a little different place. And I think maybe they're waiting for like target and all the rest of the yeah. downtown people to come back. That's a possibility. Cause like St. Paul grill just opened up last week too. Oh. So I think that, that maybe a lot of people in the downtown areas are just kind of waiting for more uh, density to come back. Got it. We'll see, right, but I'll find you. out. Let me know what you hear. Cool. Okay. Thanks Heidi. Bye. All right. Um, so do we, is there another? Uh, I was just looking. It says the reservations for Zalo are offline. Okay. So I suspect it is so, not. So, okay. yeah, it's probably, and they, I've not heard anything. So I just would think that there's a lot of those restaurants on town that are just sort of like waiting. They're waiting. And I know that, you know, Target got pushed back. And, and Eric, they're pushed back till in at least after the first of the year. Yeah. And your friend from Eric the Red, who had a place just as kind of moving from downtown now is going to open in Richfield. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was actually gone from downtown for a while. I mean, like, cause this was by the stadium mm-hmm. and then he was going to go to South Minneapolis and then he is ending up going to Richfield. We do have another caller on the line. We do. Okay. Cindy is on the line. What's up, Cindy? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just, I've been listening to your show. Um, since the pandemic, I've taken up cooking. Oh, good. Yay. So I always listen to you girls, get some great ideas. And then I just hear about you traveling to different places, and I was wondering, is there are there like any travel groups that you know that you know travel for the whatever food and wine or food wine destination kind of stuff? Well, yes. I mean, we just started with the magazine. We started a group called Outbound, and that's going to be a thing that we start doing. Um, oh. Borton overseas, but Borton overseas food does food travel. I mean, Hanson's going to Costa Rica with as a food sort of as thing. a group in April. But I don't think there's one specifically set for that. Um, I do okay. know that there's chefs who are going, and Kim is, did Italy, and Jorge Guzman is going to Mexico, Mexico to do a food trip there. So, And those are all different food groups, I think, or different travel groups. But I think it's happening more and more, you know? So okay. I think you'll be able so to find, find is there a place you want to go? Well, yeah, I, I've been to Croatia. The food is great. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I, Italy one sounds good. I'm just kind of open to, you know, you're t- talking about the Iceland one that you guys went there. Uh, how do I just find out mo- more of those groups? Do I just Google? Yeah. Google food and travel. Or yep. Yep. Or travel. Yeah. Food travel. Um, I would say, I would say check out some of the locals. Like uh, I know Borton for sure. Borton overseas. There's a couple okay. others that are um, operating locally that um we could find out and we can get you know we can we can but it, the best part is just to google and minnesota chefs or minnesota food go ahead tours has yeah. um oh okay uh, esperanza.org eat like an italian yeah that's a big one actually um also oh, national good. geographic has really extensive food tours um oh, national geographic food okay. and wine does food and wine vacations.com oh okay this is great i'm Okay, great. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks, Cindy. Keep listening. Thank you. Bye. Food and Wine does quite a few of them. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Hey, guess what? It's time for Top 2 and Hour 2. It is. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents Top 2, Top 2. The Top 2. Pick your best two. In Hour 2. All right, give me two. Okay, two things we love. Why don't you go first with your first one? Okay, this first one is a little strange. Not strange, but it's a memoir. Okay. It's called Taste Like War. Oh. And it is by Grace Cho. And she is a National Book Award finalist. 
And it's a book about uh, her growing up with her Korean mother, who is schizophrenic. Oh. And it is through the connection of food. So it's part food member memoir, part sociological investigation of Korea and the wars that happened there and a daughter's search for her mom that comes through food. And it's a little different than other food memoirs because it's not like recipe based. Right, right. But it's very beautiful. It's called Taste Like War. It's a memoir. Oh, I yeah. really am interested in learning more about Korea after finishing this book. Oh, great. Okay. I love that idea. I'll bring um, it to you when I'm done. It's a great, if you have some yeah, on take your it. holiday list, it'd be a, if you're a foodie, it would be a good book. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk, uh, first of all, about the Ted Lasso Biscuits. Are you? I don't Ted watch Lasso it. Biscuits? I don't watch it, but everyone is talking about I've it. I've watched it all. Did you watch it all? Yes. Kurt's cried at like three episodes. Oh, gosh. Well, everyone says that the biscuits that are now, they let out the biscuit, uh, you know, recipe and so i see people all over the internet making them so i think it's hysterical and putting them in the cute little pink boxes yes well i don't know about that but i know that they're like why is that not moving over um but it's just shortbread yeah it's just shortbread that's all it is folks but it's nice to have a shortbread recipe that you know kind of works so we're gonna put that up on the facebook for you if you don't know about it the ted lasso biscuit recipe that's so funny i know um okay here's my second one which Mm -hmm. is gonna make you laugh okay I don't even know how this ended up in my kitchen, but I've got a giant can. It's called a party can by Cocktail Courier. It's a triple spice margarita party can, and it's a ready-to-drink cocktail in this giant can. There's 12 drinks. I'm showing Stephanie a picture. I see it. No, I I clicked in. It's quite delicious, and I was sort of skeptical about it. Did you get it delivered to you? No, I bought it. Where did you buy it? At Cedar. Oh, it's uh, Cedar Lake. Lake. Yeah, okay. he was like, have you tried these? You should try these. This is like, you're going to really like them. Everybody likes them. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. If I'm going to do a margarita, I'm going to do Summer Lake's beverage or I'm going to make it myself. He's like, no, I think you should try this can. So I broke down. I bought the can. It's 35 bucks. 12 drinks in the in the can. That's not bad. 35 bucks for a big old can of drinks. Yeah, it's it's pretty handy. And if you like a margarita, but you're not one to mix it up yourself, it's pretty good. It's not as good as Summer Lake's. It's different. It's kind of more spicy. It's got uh, different spice notes in it. Kind of more like cinnamon. Is it made in Mexico? Yeah. Oh, I like that. It is. From the source, people. Cocktail Courier Triple Spice Margarita Party Can. I want that. It's fun. I want that. Um, I might go get one. Um, Okay. And my second one is just going to be the stuffed pumpkin. It is stuffed pumpkin season. Everyone's copying your stuffed pumpkin. And I need to sort of set the record straight. I didn't invent it. <laughs> no, but I still it's yours. You've been talking about it for 13 years. I mean, I think so. And I, would I just like everyone like, to I, know. I don't remember who I think it was Dory Greenspan yeah, where I, I it copped was. it from. I think it was. And I sort of took hers and I sort of did a few different things. You know, I did the three rule adaptation thing. But nonetheless, I've been making it religiously and then you know, almost evangelizing it so that other people will make it. Well, there's a certain other website in town that decided that they were going to do it, and I did not like their recipe. No, I didn't either. I thought it was wrong, and I thought it was weird. But then I also saw that, of course, on the cover of the Food, food and Wine, and wine. they have a big like, old... Oh, they stole Stephanie's but idea. But it's great. And so what's funny is I was thinking about it, and I'm thinking about the stuffed pumpkin, and I'm going to put the link to my... It's on my What to Cook for When Instagram, and I'll put, I'll put that onto the Facebook. But literally thinking about how it's kind of a dip, kind of a knot, you pull things in, you know, I pull the pumpkin into the dip to make it more of almost like a soup in a way. Um, 
But I was thinking about how I wanted those flavors without having a whole pumpkin because I'm just by myself. And I think what I'm going to do is make a pasta with all of the the things in, you know, like with all of the ingredients and then and then put pumpkin in the pasta. Pumpkin makes an incredible base for a pasta sauce. Yeah. So but I mean, even just chunks of pumpkin because I kind of like the ropiness of it. So here's what I'm going to like find out. I'm going to make that recipe, I think, this week. Couldn't you put it in like a acorn squash? Oh, you can do it on anything. Yeah, like a half. Yeah, you can do it in. Yeah, there's and actually some people have been doing um, that. Half baked Harvest Girl does this great half a spaghetti squash. Uh huh. So you cut that in half, and then you put your cheese mixture and everything in there, and then you you know you put butter and everything in that, Sage and, and then yep. you just broil that until it gets all, or you cook it, and then you pull your you pull the squash up with yeah. it. That's a good idea too. That's pretty healthy. So yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> cheese in that. Cream Yo, and butter. And I know. Cheese. Um, okay, we have to take a break. When we come back, you guys, we have a couple other fun things to talk about that people are talking about. Also, by the way, I just want to let you know that we do have Mark Stuchard. Call, we are calling him. I'm excited. To talk about 35 years of Summit, Summit Brewing, Brewing. The inventor of craft beer in our area. Yeah. And also, we'll take a break. <laughs> we just brought to you by um, Hornitos and Knob Creek. Singing here, Doja Cat. Now, I learned something Featuring about Sizzle. Doja Cat. I don't know anything about this. Do you know anything about Doja Cat? Nothing. Not okay, a thing. so here's a little tip for you. Our Ellie Kaplan and Harmony Kaplan, they interviewed their son the other day. Oh, they did? Who was at the Grammy Awards. Oh. Because he's the entertainment lawyer for Doja Cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, he I know was that. Ellie's brother. The Grammy Awards. Yeah. Yeah, Ellie's brother, Harmony's son. It was just hilarious and so sweet and so cute because obviously Harmony is so excited. And Allie was so excited. He was less excited because this is probably like his life, you know. And right. they were asking about the outfits because she wore, I guess it was MTV Music Awards. Okay. And she hosted and she had like six funky, funky outfits. Oh, nice. So he was just like, yeah, you know, that's what she does. She has funky outfits. Like, so he couldn't give the color report that they he's, wanted? He's the man. He's a dude. He's I a don't dude. know. He's a man. He's the manager of her. But I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, who knew in our midst? Yeah. A little celebrity royalty. A little celebrity royalty. Okay. This is really, I don't even know if this is a segment, but <laughs> there were two things. So stay tuned for fresh content. Yeah. There were two things that came across my desk that I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. And they were both written by Racket, uh, which is Racket MN, which is the former folks that were writers at City Pages. The last crew from City Pages. And I have a soft spot in my heart for City Pages because I worked there for a really long time. And when it went out, I was really sad. And so many of the folks that are involved in bringing this back, two of them are people that I worked with before. Yeah. So one of the things that they did that I thought was kind of clever was they ranked grocery store rotisserie chickens. Yeah. And I didn't really think about it until I read the article. And then I was like, yeah. There are a lot of different like nuances in the grocery store rotisserie chicken. And when Ellie was little, we bought these at least once a week. I haven't bought one in a long time. I bet. And I'll tell you why when I get to the end. Okay. But I was like, huh, rotisserie chicken. So they ranked them from one to nine. I will tell you, the ranking was kind of weird because I think rotisserie chickens can be different every day. Yeah. And one of the things that I appreciated was they did write like when they picked it. Yeah. Because if you go at six o'clock at night, how long has that rotisserie chicken been in there? That's going to impact your quality and your taste and your flavor. Yeah. Or if you go at like 10 in the morning, 
But they went through one to nine. And I will tell you that High V got the worst ranking. Yep. And the chicken looked pretty sad and flaccid. All of these chickens are anywhere between like two and three and a half pounds. Yeah. Some of them are pre-seasoned. Some of the seasoning is basically just brown sugar and water. Others, they have a little bit fancier seasoning. But the number one chicken, which uh, was also not the cheapest chicken, but was the Kowalski's Market uh, Gerber Amish Farm Chicken at 2.25 pounds. It's 10 bucks. 10 bucks. They loved it. They had a good seasoning, good spice. That tends, That was the chicken I used to always buy. Oh, it was? Yeah, because we lived by Kowalski's. So I was like, oh, yeah, I love that chicken. That's the one I always bought. I will tell you that they also liked Cubs chicken, which was six ninety nine and a little bit cheaper. The Seward Community Co-op's chicken um, was thirteen ninety nine at two pounds, but you're obviously getting a organic chicken situation, and it's from Cadizan Farms in Glenwood, Minnesota. Yeah, so more farm to table type chicken. Which one? That's Seward. You're saying? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did like Lunds, which was that's my go to. I mean, that's. You know, I mean, I, that has been my go-to in the past, but now I'm looking at the cub one. I've and I did buy a cub chicken not too long ago, and I liked it. The, it was great. The, I will say the Lunds one was the most picturesque. Yeah, it had like spice on the outside. It was browned. It looked. No, um, I think that's Seward you're looking at. Oh, sorry, I'm yeah. in the wrong one. Yeah, um, Lunds is just in a black little tray, but it's still good. Like that is that has been the chicken that I bought, and I like the flavor of that one because it's just. They have like, and obviously they inject all of these with like a saline solution. And it's a yep. totally salt bomb. And I kind of wish that there had been a little like sodium content number on all of these because that's the truth. But um, I would be interested. I don't think I'd pay 14 bucks for a sewer chicken. I think I would buy my own and then cook it. Okay, me too. So Costco came in middle of the pack, Yeah, which I had no idea. But Costco's famed four ninety nine rotisserie chicken is a thing. Yeah. Apparently. It's a loss leader. They sold between thirty and forty million dollars worth of these five dollar rotisserie chickens. Yeah, there's a year. whole New York Times article about it. Who about like knew? about the chickens and how they're actually a loss leader. Like they don't make money on them, but it's just basically to get you in the door. To go to Costco yeah. and buy the and then you walk out with way more stuff. crappy meat. Right. Or um, the pizzas. Yeah. So there you go. I so, do like, I do think that there's, um, what, one of the other things I discovered, so I've always been doing the Lund's chicken and I'm happy with it and I don't need to go anywhere else necessarily. I don't need to drive around town for chicken. That's the other thing of this. You're going to go wherever your grocery store is, but now that I'm in a place where I have multiple grocery stores uh-huh. within the same distance, that changes for me. And the one thing that I liked about the cub chicken is you could buy it warm, like, off the rotisserie, uh-huh. like under the hot lamp, so you can just take it home and start eating it. But they also had it pre-chilled, like it was. It had been rotisseried, and then it was chilled, huh. so I could have it. Like because I because a lot of times I'm going to chill it anyway, but it, having it pre-chilled just made it easier if it was going to be in my car, and I avoided sure. that scary time where it's going to be outside of the heat zone. Yeah, and congealed. Right. So it was already chilled, so I knew it was already set and safe, and then I could like go to like six other stops and then get home. Okay, here is my, and here's my wrap up on the chicken. Yeah. I decided I was just going to go buy a chicken. So I bought a chicken. Just now? I was like, I'm just going to do my own at home. Oh. So I have a little chicken tech for you. Okay. And this only works if you are only going to rub your chicken with butter or olive oil, salt and pepper and seasoning. Okay. I used some fresh herbs and tried to do it, but they burned. 450 degrees. 
you rub your chicken with your yep. fat and your spice. And then you put it in for 90 minutes. Oh, okay. 450, 90 minutes. Put your chicken in. And it's not going to smoke because of the 450? It doesn't smoke. Because it does in my oven. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mine didn't smoke. Like it it was, gets like It bad. was great. It was a great, crispy-skinned, delicious. I did put tinfoil on it because it was getting real brown yeah. about an hour in. But... There's your chicken at home, right okay. there. Boom. You can do it also in a pan, in like a pot, like a Dutch oven, for an hour. Just one hour. Okay. Cover it. Four fifty. Four hundred. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll be right back. back. Hello, weekly dishers. Spring has sprung, and that means the best tasting wild caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because you see, Sitka Salmon is a community supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They eat even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Hey, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Of course, if you've missed any of our sparkling chicken content, you can dial us up on any podcast you want. We're just everywhere. We invented podcasting. I just want you to know that. We did. We pretty much did. <laughs> just like our our uh, guest today who pretty much invented craft beer. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Are you there, Mark? I am here. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you. you for being in the Twin Cities and being Mark Stutrude, who is the founder of Summit Beer. Woo-woo. And you're celebrating your 35th, shall we call it, birthday or anniversary or what? I don't know. Well, it's going to be one heck of a celebration. I didn't think I was going to make it this far. I know. <laughs> Can we talk about... So, Summit, I really believe that Summit was, you know, one of the very first craft beers Amen. in the Twin Cities. And I want to know something that I don't think I've ever asked you, but, like, who were you when you decided to do this? Like, where were you in your life that you decided to make a craft beer brewery? Well, I, I uh, blame my father a little bit because he was a vocational educator. Okay. And he, um, I grew up with this value that you make something for a living. And he wasn't really too amused when I ended up with a degree in clinical social work. <laughs> uh, and, and I did that. I worked with adolescents and young adults and families for about eight and a half years. Yeah. And it was just, it, it was, uh, well, to be honest, I was working in a large uh, major hospital here in the Twin Cities, and I was stuck in mental management. And with my Scandinavian DNA, I've got a lot of control issues. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I, I decided to do something. And um, and believe me, uh, starting a brewery was not a popular idea. No. I, I I had a, a lot of other crazy ideas, and... Uh, the last thing my dad told me when I uh, told him I was going to do a brewery, he says, well, don't ask me for any money. <laughs> <laughs> I 
might have given you money for that Summit Extra Pale Ale. I'm still giving you money for it. I know. It. I'm still funding this whole project, I tell you. So did you... Well, don't stop. Yeah, don't stop. So how did you... I mean, you thought, okay, we're going to make beer. And this was before Anyone you guys... Was there was no it. home yeah. brewery, like, sort of culture at all, was there? Uh, no. In fact, uh, when I founded the, the company in 84... There were only 20 small breweries in the entire country. God, Lord. And by the time we poured our first uh, glass of extra pale ale in St. Paul, uh, there were about 36 breweries, and today there's close to 9,000. 9,000. Um, so we were certainly pioneers and sodbusters. And, yeah, uh, you were. You know, the reality was is that no one had any kind of reference point or benchmark. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so we were really, we were really looked at as like a bunch of deviants, truthfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, think about how we used to see alcohol, you know, as sort of like, now we see, we are, we're on our way to seeing it more as like between beer and spirits and everything else and being, it's an agricultural product and it's a locally, you know, it's a local industry driver. Right. But there's a lot of people who like back then it was just like, no, you can't. Devil's milk. You can't. Like, it's not okay. Right. And let me ask right. you, did you get, like, your, so Johnny's Bar was the first place that you, it your was? first account. And I have a mental <laughs> image, and I might be wrong, Mark, but I feel like you told me once, and, and maybe I've, like, mythologized this, that you rolled the keg over to it. Were you across the street? Oh, no, ab- yeah, no, absolutely. We used a two-wheeler to yeah. uh, run the first keg across the street. Yep. That, that's distributing on a high elite level. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, back then it was pretty uh, pretty grassroots. That's for sure. And so that's absolutely for sure. How how did they decide to take a risk on you? Like, how did Johnny Spire say? Were they like, "Well, fine, stop bugging us," or what? Well, you know, part of my market research, uh, you know, first of all, you know, when I changed careers, I had two master brewers as mentors, mm-hmm. uh, and I also went to brewing school in Chicago. I really needed to prepare myself to be able to compete. Right. Effectively, because we're competing head on with all the big boys. Right, right. Well, and the part of the market research was I had targeted 50 uh, restaurants and bars in the Twin Cities where I sat down and interviewed either owners or managers. And that's how I made my first connection with our very first customers. Um, So by the time that we were able to roll kegs off the line, you know, we had a handful of people that were actually anticipating our opening, which was nice. So, but it, it took about it took about ten months to get the first seventy-five customers that we had. Now you're in a pretty competitive space now, and there's a lot of people oh, yeah. doing craft beer. A lot of them doing it well. Some not so well. Do you get jealous or competitive feeling? Not really. Not really. We, uh, you know. Our, our growth is going to continue to come from the big boys. Yeah. And you know, and so, you know, even though I've got a lot of smaller competitors, they're aggressively going after our business because yep. they see our space is something that they need to acquire or attain. And yep. that's all about it. And it's what competition is all about. And I like good competition. I don't like amateurs but we don't have enough time to talk about that (laughs) Um, truth we're gonna have you on to talk about that in in a couple weeks privately (laughs) yeah over beers over a beer over beers 
Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it it's not only competitive, you know, it's just the number of newer entrants and newer breweries around. But when you look at wine, spirits, seltzers, all of the stuff that's happening in the beverage world today. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty wacky. It do you is- think you'll ever do a Summit Seltzer? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> just a hard no on that. It's a hard pass. Yeah, we're we're uh, very happy doing a Kolsch. Uh, a Kolsch your Kolsch is fantastic. Your Kolsch is the best Kolsch, for sure. It really is. And, yeah, and so we have fun with the Cabin Crusher series and the Crusher, all the, the flavors. permutations of flavors and stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, and, and we're going to come out with a, a fun... Uh, a new beer for the for next summer that I'm I'm not at liberty to talk about yet. I do love the your dream team is working on something. I love the dream team. I do when I when your dream team puts something out, I feel like it's so solid because I know you don't put crap out. Yeah. So you're not trying to like reinvent the wheel all the time. When your Winterfest is in that bottle, I know that's going to be a solid, lovely beer. When your Oktoberfest. Yeah. I, I, well, thank you. Yeah, you, you've got it all well, going you guys, on for yeah, me. Yeah, you test it, and it's you know, and it's like there's discussion, and I feel like you know, you're not just going to put crap like, out because oh, you're trying try to compete with the latest raspberry thing. frizzle. Yeah, no, you're coming from a good space. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. What's yeah, in you the- guys don't leave any me? You don't leave me anything to talk. No, about. I know. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what's coming though. What's the future? We understand your past, but what is your future? Well, you know, we're going to stick to our core classical styles. That's what we're known for, and that's what we excel at. We'll, we'll be doing some fun things and change things up a little bit seasonally, but we also have a pretty deep repertoire. So if we want to bring back something like Frostline Rye mm. or mm-hmm. uh, another style or Altbeer, um, you know, there's a number of styles we get Again, requests for Scandia, if you remember that Belgian white ale that had part yes, of I do. I loved that. Right? Yeah. So, you, you know, so we're, we're, we're still going to have fun moving forward, but we're just going to stick with beer. Okay. And then what would you, I want to know, like, if someone is, you know, wants to get into the craft beer industry now, what are three things that you would tell them? Don't. Don't. Uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, be prepared. Be prepared. That means you, 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 you have to get educated. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know retired attorneys that, you know, money is no object. Right. And they're good home brewers and they decide to go professional being brewers. And I say, well, have you gone to brewing school or do you really know all of the aspects of, uh, proper packaging? Right. And, 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 um, uh, and the guy says, no, I'm just an award-winning home brewer. And I say, well, listen, Jack, what would you tell me if I rented a storefront on West 7th Street and practiced law without a license? Right. And he goes, well, that's something different. I go, the heck it is. Is it? Is it? <laughs> right. Right. That's the truth. So go to school, get educated. It's more than just having the money to do it. you gotta, you got to post up with the right knowledge, right? It's food manufacturing. And there's a huge responsibility to produce something that people consume and enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and packaging is also, that's where you can really mess everything up. You can have a beautiful beer, but if you're not putting it into a can or a bottle or a keg properly, that's another way to mess things up. Yeah. Can I ask so you, 
what what's going on in the tap room? Because you have your sweet little tap room down there, and this is where this big festival the and celebration is going to happen. Yeah, you know, we just opened up uh, the Rat Skeller uh, almost a month ago. Uh, we're open Wednesday, uh, thir- uh, excuse me, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just three days from three to nine o'clock. And you know, we we want to be open to the public. Um, to provide some hospitality. Yes. But it really isn't a, um, a point of profit for us. Right. Uh, you know, then that's where our business model is a lot different than all the other breweries, large and small in the area. Um, we want to support all of our on-premise retail customers of bars and restaurants. So the other uh, aspect of what we're doing is that, uh, you know, our Red Skeller team, they're also getting deeply trained so that they can do a tour just as good as I would do. And so we bring our retail customers, our wholesale staff, uh, their sales team members into the brewery and give them a deep dive on the process and styles. And eventually, I think probably, you know, when there's snow on the ground, we'll be prepared to uh, have public tours again, and we'll do that uh, at specific times with smaller groups. So it's much, we're looking for a much deeper experience for everybody. Yeah. That's really good. I think that that's, and that's needed because I think a lot of people, you know, there's kind of a, it's the connection piece. It's not just, I'm going to drink a beer. You know, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, I literally feel like, Oh, go ahead. I feel like when I'm in St. Paul and I order a summit, like you could just be around the corner and see me. Well, you know, that's been known to happen. <laughs> I think if, I think we might have a like um, a Stuttgart sighting like contest. You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. I like to do that with I you. I do take pictures with your uh, cutout at the state fair. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I always win a lottery. Hey, you guys, the cost, they're having the parties today. Let's be clear. The 35th yeah. birthday party is happening today. It's from 1 to 7 p.m. If you go, it's 10 bucks. You get to be, you have to be 21, you know, but basically there's a lot of food. There's a lot of music. You know, they've got, you guys have got Dark Horse uh, Bar and Eatery and Lone Oak Grill doing food. You've got Molly Mayer. You have Kiss the Tiger and Little Fevers playing. Lots of good stuff. It's going to be a big party down there, right? No, no, it's going to be, it's going to be some fun. And to be really honest, we didn't know, you know, with all this stuff going on these days, if we were going to be able to pull it off successfully but we decided to move ahead and um, have a get together and celebrate. And it's also pretty cool to have uh, four uh, groups of great musicians and they're all female led bands. Oh, nice. Also pretty unique. And and Molly's been a a fan of hers. Uh, I've been a fan of hers for years. So it's going to be fun to have her on stage. Oh, excellent. Okay, you guys. So head down to St. Paul and see where it all started. Mark, thanks for joining us today. And for sure, we got to get you back on to talk some more deep gossip. Happy birthday. And happy birthday. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. We are kind of wrapping it up today. Yeah. It was a good show. That I, Mark Stuttrude is just a gem. Can you tell we're like fangirls? I know. He's just, he's I, If I can see him anywhere, like I see him like at Target Field, or if I see him in a Mark Stuttrude sighting, is a, like, it's like finding a little bucket of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, he is a unflappable expert at what he does. Yeah, he's just, he's, G- he's an icon. Nice man. He's an icon.
Yeah, we like him. Yeah. And if you live in St. Paul, you just, I don't know, Summit EPA. Yeah. I was in Colorado and it was on the shelf and I was like, I'm going to buy some Summit. Summit. Summit EPA is my fridge beer. It's the beer that lives in my fridge all the time. It's we. It's our fridge beer, but we also currently like Saga. Saga's great. And we talked about the Kolsch. Mm-hmm. The Kolsch summer. summer Kolsch mm-hmm. is not to be trifled with. No. That is a good one. It is a good one. You know who else has a good Kolsch? It's Udapils. Yeah. Actually, I've just been drinking through the last of my German Fest beer. Oh. The German. I yeah. did Because I bought a bunch of Oktoberfest beer. Why? I don't know. But I just did. I got like really into it. And yeah. then I just bought a bunch and I was like, oh, now I gotta I love drink it. it. So anyway. All right. We still have cookbooks, tickets. I want to just make sure that we mentioned for the cookbook swap. Yeah. I went to Succotash Retro to pick up my fantastic lamp I bought the other day. And I got a... Better Homes and Garden outdoor cookbook that's like for kids. That is a gem. Oh, it is nice. just pristine. I oh, cannot good. wait to show it. Good, um, good, good. So if you have cookbooks to swap, you will bring them to Malcolm Yards. You will buy a ticket for $15. You will get a drink and a little snack and you will be able to eat any of the things in Malcolm Yards. You can come and wear a mask if you'd like or we're going to be eating and drinking. So yeah. if you're vaccinated, that's super great too. Yeah. And we are looking forward to getting a chance to meet with you in person for the first time in two years. So come. So come on. October 30th. It, I think it starts at, was it one o'clock? Yeah. And yeah. you can come. I think you come or you know, and like hang out early if you want and whatever. We're going to be, I mean, we're going to be there like setting up and stuff, but you know, if you want to, you know, eat something more or bigger, come yeah. early and get like a burger from Baby Zito or whatever. And here's one of the things that you can get at the auction. I did a holiday gift box for makers in Minnesota that we're taking pre-orders for. Okay. And oh, it has Cheryl's nut butters in it. It has Lost Capital Foods hot sauce. It has BT McElroy's chocolates. It has Heather's Dirty Goodness. There's 11 different products in there at 65 bucks. You can pre-order now at Love Minnesota Box backslash gifting is where you'll find my box or at stephaniesdish.com. And I'm going to bring one to have at the auction. Okay, good. Then or, we can What see is it. that called? A raffle? Not it's an a, raffle. a raffle. Yeah, we're doing a raffle, not a silent auction. Um, we'll also raffle a, an opportunity to come sit in on the weekly dish. Oh, good. And you can come in and sit in and studio with Sometimes us. Sometimes we bring you things. See the magic behind the scenes. <laughs> Um, and then there's also the, um, I did get the cabin cocktails book in the mail. Oh, from so, Emily. V. From Gray. Emily. Yeah. So we have a copy of that to give away, which I'm just smitten with it. I'm just, it is a lovely, love book. it. I'm just she excited. Makes some lovely spirits. Yes, I know. Um, so that's exciting. So that's the 30th. And again, wear your costumes. I mean, I'm going to be decked out. So I don't know what. I'm gonna uh, eat. Jeff Hertzberg and Zoe Francois are going to be our guests that day. Oh, great. And they're going to be bringing us some copies to give away oh, at excellent. the raffle of for Artisan, Artisan, Bread, Artisan Bread, and Bread and Five. Can the we master. get her book, too? We should get a copy of her, the bakery you book. You were in her book. TV show, so you should be the one to ask her. I, I, You guys, the funniest thing is, like, for all of that, I, she, and they're filming season two right now. But I didn't. I still don't have a Zoe book. Okay, that is funny. Isn't that silly? I saw it. It's in the Institute of Arts for sale. Oh, I was like this. I was like, wow. If I could get yeah. my book being sold in the Minnesota Institute of Arts, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty good. Um, okay, so that's going on. Uh, just letting you know. I just want to point out the Northeast Farmers Market that's happening today. Their fall festival fundraiser because it's all soup. It's all soup, my friends. Soup, soup, soup. It's soup from like. Kieran's Kitchen, from Anamales, from Nixta, from Hi Hi, from Vinai, Alma. You know, the Ukrainian Center is putting out a soup. It's going to be a soup fest of craziness. And so, and it's a fundraiser, so it's all going to help them. It started from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, today. So you can still get over there. I was thinking about popping over after this. Yeah, fun. Um, and then also important to know that uh, the Booyah is happening at Mancini's. 
tomorrow. The annual booyah at Mancini's is the best booyah, I think. Like Someone asked, too, they wanted a recipe for booyah, and so I directed them to Jess Fleming's family recipe. Yeah, that's the best one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that she walks you through it in the best way and kind of gives you the idea that her uncles, you know, they cook the oxtails overnight or the chickens overnight, and then they... You know, then they the get them in there. Of flavors. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. I'm actually probably I'm gonna have a booyah. Um, I'm gonna try to do a booyah with some friends. I'm gonna see how it works. Um, that's code for I'm not invited, but that's okay. Well, I didn't want to like out it because I haven't actually sent the <laughs> for invitation. Some friends, some <laughs> friends. No, you're not invited. I love it. We okay. are gonna do a food writer's booyah, but not this one. Okay. So and you are that invited to fun. that one. Oh, I know. Hey, also I want to shout out to. Uh, Palmer's Bar is having, they're calling it Stick Night. I don't actually know why it's called Stick Night. I didn't know either. Other than because of the cigars. With Pip Hansen. Well, yeah. And, yeah. And Tony Zaccardi on the Palmer's, um, on their patio. And I'm so excited because they're doing a build your own hot toddy bar. And it, I'm in for the hot toddy right now. This is like kanji, but it's a drink. It is. It's, it is absolutely <laughs> the other side of that coin for yep. me where it's like. The season is rolling. Hot and warm. I'm either going to have kanji or I'm and I'm going to have a hot toddy. What are sure. you going to put in your toddy? I don't know. It depends on what they let me put. What's in the it. base of a toddy? I mean, it's whiskey in my mind and water and whiskey and, lemon. and hot water and lemon and like sometimes a little honey if it's a different kind of whiskey. A lot of people do, um, but and then I want to put in. You know, I, I'm a good with a cinnamon stick, an allspice. Or I'm what's good the star, with rosemary. Oh, yum! Rosemary in a hot toddy to me is like good because it gets that fragrant. Yum! You know when you bring it yeah, up to your like face. Christmas. Yeah, I kind of love that idea. Um, and then, uh, of course, there is, uh, I don't know if you saw this, this tequila dinner. I did this see it. This Class Azul tequila dinner at the Westin, it's 800 bucks. I was a guest. A ticket. And I get it. This bottle, like this bottle, when you go to Total Wine, this bottle is 200 bucks. I was a guest. But I just felt like, who's going to go? I'm who's going to go? I mean, and maybe there are sp- people. Fine. And, and, and I'm not, like, not going to judge shaming. you because I do a lot of expensive things too. Yeah. But Dia de los Muertos is an honoring people of the Latina culture. It yeah. is honoring, your, honoring dead. your dead. It's... And I feel like going to the Western in the Galleria and having an $800 dinner, it just, I don't know how that accomplishes that, but you I mean, do you. I know. And I, I mean, I mean again, I don't want to price shame because I actually whatever. went to the link and clicked it because I thought it was a typo. I <laughs> know. Okay. I went to so there you go. And I was like, oh, okay. Also, by the way, Mung, uh, Union Mung Kitchen is coming to Gray's, and I can't be happier about that because it's about time that they have an actual. I was just going to say something good home. in Gray's North Loop for I a change. Know. Well, Woo. I mean, Sobol is good there, too. True. So, true, true. There's, but they've just had a hard time with rotation. I think this is a great spot. All right, gang, go out and have a great fall day. Ciao, ciao. ciao. ciao.